Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, we're finding the perfect match and the perfect soup. And then I started a job that was an events club for single people. So I started with that and then just would match people up. And from there, they ended up getting married or I was part of proposals. And now a bunch of them have babies. Well, I think we live in such an instant gratification culture where people are just trying to go on like 10 different dates with 10 different people all in one week and they're not really looking at one person in front of them because a lot of times I feel like you like the idea of someone but don't actually like the person so that's the number one mistake I think women make there's three things that a woman is looking for when she's looking for a man and I think that's communication I think that's affection and security I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So I think that everybody is basically just looking for love. Just looking for love. Our first guest helps people find love. This is professional matchmaker Michelle Apples. So how did you become a matchmaker? Well, um, I started into matchmaking actually a few years ago. I was working mostly in events, and then I started a job that was an events club for single people. So I started with that and then just would match people up, and from there they ended up getting married or I was part of proposals, and now a bunch of them have babies. So it kind of just fell into place, and then when I moved to Toronto, I actually knew a lady who owned a matchmaking agency and we reconnected after a long time. I used to do some modeling for her um, and yeah, she had a job opening. So here I am as a matchmaker. What makes you good at it though? You know, I think I do have a gift of discernment so I can tell a lot about the person without them saying a lot. So that helps a lot, but I think I've just had really a lot of relationship experiences, not all good, but I've learned what not to do because I've had a lot of bad relationships um, or I've seen a lot of bad relationships in my life. So I've learned a lot of what not to do. Are you just matching like good people with good people though? Because I feel like that's relatively easy to do. Like what's harder is matching shitty people with shitty people. Is that, does that make any sense? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely difficult because you're dealing with all sorts of personalities um, and all sorts of like ranges of people from different uh, like avenues of life. 
So that's definitely hard, but it's really just getting to know people on a deeper level and knowing what they like need rather than what they want. Do most people know what they need? No. That's why I, it's my job to figure it out. <laughs> why don't we kind of understand more about what we actually need and want? Well, I think we live in such an instant gratification culture where people are just trying to go on like 10 different dates with 10 different people all in one week and they're not really looking at one person in front of them. So I think it's just that we want things right away and we're not really willing to like have the patience and the persistence to like go for the long run, right? When you match people, do they usually end up in a relationship that works when it's with somebody that they thought they would match with or is it sometimes the complete opposite of what of what they thought. Yeah, a lot of times it is the complete opposite where they're not sure about the person when I first send over like their profile and then I'm like, just give it a chance, go out and see how you feel and they end up being like, wow, that person was so amazing in real life or they'll look at someone and be like, oh, I don't know, he's a couple years younger than me and they'll go out and realize he's actually an amazing person. So it's, de yeah, there's definitely a lot of that where people are very skeptical at first and then go out and realize they actually like what they think they didn't. What are you looking for when you put two people together? I, I think like, first off, I really look at like, are they wanting the same things? Like, you can't match someone with someone else and one person's looking for a relationship and other the other person's looking for something casual. It'll never work out. So I always look at like, are they both wanting the same thing? And if they are, then I look at interests. I look at like who they are as people. My job is really a people job. So it's getting to know so much about them. Like I always say, I become my client's best friends because I'm always calling them. I'm always asking them questions. Like our first meeting, I'm asking them things that you wouldn't ever ask someone the first time you're meeting, like past relationships, like give me all the drama that you've like been through in your life. So you get to know them on a deeper level. So they're not just filling out a questionnaire, right? Like you're actually going and having conversations and like how yeah, it's a personalized service. So uh, that's what makes matchmaking so different than like going on a dating app is I'm getting to know you as a person, as, as an individual. So I'm able to personalize the service to you and what you're looking for and your character and personality rather than like, hey, just fill this out and I'll like try to find you someone. What are what what's your typical client like? Is your typical client who comes to you is it a man? Is it a woman? Are they wealthier, average? What are they like? I think this is the thing that surprises most people is it's such a variety. Whereas like my youngest client is twenty nine, my oldest client is sixty seven. I have both males and females. Most of them are on the wealthier side or more successful side because of our service prices. They're not cheap. So um, we are dealing with more elite people than not. But that, that being said, it's not I'm not closed off to working with someone who doesn't have that status. It's just usually someone without that status isn't willing to pay that price tag for that service. When we talk about a price tag, like what on average is the, is the cost of a matchmaking service? Yeah, I mean, it ranges by packages. Uh, so the lowest package you could get is 3000 You can, you know, and then it customizes up, up from there. So most people, you know, aren't paying $3,000 for a dating app sort of thing. So you're, you're really investing in it. And I think that's really what helps it work and be so successful, though, is because when people are coming to me and paying that amount of money, for the service, they're actually investing in themselves and looking for something serious. You know, they're not 
they're being really intentional about it. You know, they're not just throwing them, their picture and profile on a dating app, but they're not actually really looking for something serious. When you're looking for a client's significant other, are you looking only within like your client database? Are you like walking around at restaurants, so to speak, like, oh, that person looks good? Yeah, I kind of do all of the above, whereas we collaborate with a lot of other matchmakers, which I think is really unique is we're not they're not my competition anymore. We're just collaborating, which is really cool. But also, like, I'll go to networking events. I'll go meet people. I'm such a social person myself. So I've had clients where I've, I've been like, oh, I actually dated a guy, but I, like, it didn't work out for me. But I think you two would be perfect together and set them up with guys I've went out with in the past or um, just met people at different networking events. And then we have a huge database as well. So it's kind of like I'm I'm, all, I'm like a headhunter for the heart. So I go out and I find it in any way I possibly can. What quality do you think that two people have to kind of share? Oh, that's a good question. I think I think it's just you have to go into it with the right intention. So it, being intentional is like a quality that I would say, like going in looking for a relationship, that's what needs to happen. Because if one person's too casual and the other person's intentional, it's it's going to fall apart. Where it's like you both have to want it enough to actually put the work and the effort into it. How many times, though, in like your matchmaking, have you made what you thought is a really good match, but then the people just blow it? Um, it's happened a few times for sure. I don't, I, I don't know like a specific number, but yeah, you just never, you never know how people are going to connect or like I do find right now it's such a sensitive time in our world where it's like people are very offended over a lot of things. So it's like you, you kind of have to be careful in that sense because someone might say something that offends the other person. And so people are very easily offended these days. How quickly should someone know if this is going to work out or not? I'd say like date two. I would say like the first date, everyone's trying to put on a like good impression or they're nervous or something. Um, I always say if you're curious, then like go on a second date and see if you're like, absolutely not, that was the worst experience of my life, then don't. So, you know, I always say, if you're curious at all, give it a shot. If, if it's a definite no, like nobody wants to waste their time going out with someone that they know it's never going to work out. What is the most common mistake that men make? What's the biggest mistake that women make? Hmm. I'd say the biggest mistake that women make are is they overanalyze everything right away. Like, they get so invested so fast, whereas, like, I have clients that have been on, like, one or two dates, and they're just, like, all in their head about everything that's happened, and it's, like, I always say, like, the first date, it's not, a, it's not like, an interview to get married. It's an interview just in case you want a second date. So, it's, like, relax, enjoy. Do you actually like this person? Like, don't go away with it and be, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm, like, I'm overanalyzing everything in my head. It's like, no, go away and actually ask yourself these questions. Like, did I even like this person? Because a lot of times I feel like you like the idea of someone, but don't actually like the person. So that's the number one mistake I think women make. And I think for men, the number one mistake they make is they want all the options instead of looking at what's in front of them. Whereas, like, I'll match, uh, like, a man up with someone and – They'll be like, send me more profiles, send me more profiles. And I'm like, no, like concentrate on what's in front of you and then we'll move on if this doesn't work out. But I think like you can't be effective in 
10 different places at one time. So you need to concentrate on what's in front of you if you actually want a serious relationship. How do you get the guys, though, to just basically look beyond what the woman or the whoever they're looking for looks like? Like, I think, like, it's building that trust with clients. So I have a lot of male clients that now trust that I've actually done the work to know who this person is. If I say, hey, I think there's something there, I think, like, they are a good catch for you. They'll usually trust it and go for it. Um, but I think that it's hard because you're looking at a profile and I think, you know, it's just like online dating. A picture only says so much, right? You can meet that person. A, they might not look like their profile picture. Um, they might not have a personality. Whereas like I learned that lesson so, so early in life where I was once like obsessed with this guy for so long. And then I went out with him and he was like the biggest dud I've ever met. And I was like, I wasted so much time thinking that this guy was so attractive and there was nothing else there. So I try to let, like help them understand who this person is and the character and why I think they would fit together better. Is it easier now or is it harder than it was a couple of years ago because of technology essentially? Oh, I think it's definitely harder. I think that there's so many options out there. And so people are always like, what's the next best thing? Is there something better out there? Like, I don't want to settle for this because maybe the next one might be better. So it just makes it this just rat race. So like trying to find the best thing and knowing that there's so many more options still out there. Have you ever had somebody that you were just, I can't look, buddy, I can't do anything for you. I, I definitely have like, I can always do something for you, but it's whether or not I think you're going to be successful at it or not. Whereas I do have clients where I'm like, what you're looking for is not what you need. And it's this is never going to work out long term because of what you're asking and the criteria you've set. So I try to coach them, but you can only help people who want to help themselves. So a lot of times they will appreciate my advice, but they won't take it. And that's fine. Um, we'll work together as long as your contract's up. But like, you know, going forward, other than that, I can't do much for you. Is there really someone for everyone? Yes, I think that there is someone for everyone. But I think it's like not having this crazy expectation or this small box of what that person has to be. Whereas like, I think, like, you know, even my past relationship, sure, I could have made them work, but I didn't want to make them work or like they didn't feel right for me. But I think like you can you can find someone, but I think you have to look at yourself first and realize like, hey, am I putting this like box around people? Whereas like people are real, people are flawed, people are human. And especially with technology these days and social media and, and how everyone looks so perfect and flawless. Well, that's not reality. So it's like realizing that people are real and flawed and like you're not going to ever have a perfect person. See, I, I always thought this was interesting. I don't remember if I made this up, if I read this somewhere, but it's basically like this 80% rule that if you present a guy with a woman or a significant other that's 80% of what they want, a guy would be like, oh, wow, that's a great catch. But if you presented a woman with 80% of what she wanted, they would not think that, that's, that, that they could do better. Is that – is there any truth to that? Yeah, like, I definitely think that I, I find women more pickier than men. Like, I work with both females and males. I do find women are way pickier than men. So I feel like men, yeah, if you have most of the criteria, they're usually pretty good. I mean, I definitely have some pickier clients that they're like, nope, 100% criteria. That's all I want. Um, but yeah, with women, I think, like, they look at such small details 
whether it's like, oh, like, for example, I was on a call with a client this morning and she's like, oh, he's he's younger than me. I've always dated older men. I don't know about this. And I'm like, but you just texted me this morning and said how amazing and good looking he was and how much how comfortable and, and natural it felt on your first date. And you're really going to risk that by having the wrong perspective of, oh, he's a couple years younger than me. Like everyone matures at different like s- speeds, right? So it's like he might be a couple years younger than you, but he might still be like those guys that you're typically used to dating. Is it harder to match ugly people or beautiful people? And relatively speaking, right? Relatively speaking, is it harder to match the uglier people or the beautiful people? I think, I I don't think it's either or. I think it's more so how picky they are. Whereas if someone comes to me and they are drop dead gorgeous, they usually have a lot higher standards than someone who is more of an average looking person. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Have, have you ever had to basically crush someone's expectations though like hey this this, you're not gonna you're not you're a two you're not you're not finding a 10 yeah i yes and no like because we deal with a lot of wealthier people like i have older gentlemen that are looking for very young women and it's like yes i can get that i know it's not gonna go anywhere long term like you're expecting it to but i can find you that and i can find you a 10 who's really young but she's not after you for the right reasons. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Like a 75-year-old is looking for a 10 who's 25. Yeah. That's not going to... That, that's like, I can find you that, but you're not going to be satisfied long-term, and it's not going to last long-term. Should a working relationship ultimately be easy? I think easy is a bad word for it. Like I think that people need to go into relationships knowing that they're going to be work. And hard, like work is never easy, right? But it's like, oh, how are you looking at this? Are you looking at it like it's work? Or are you looking at it like, oh, this is a challenge and I like challenges? What is the most interesting quirk someone has ever had as a deal breaker? Like person cannot have green eyes or anything like that. Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know if I've had really like, in like anything specific that was like unordinary I, I get your typical like the number one deal breaker is probably smoking um but other than that I haven't had like weird things like I've definitely had like uh shorter males like very particular on like the woman has to be shorter because they don't want to feel short and they're already quite a short person um but yeah nothing out of ordinary so far what? Watch, I'll get that now that we've talked about it. <laughs> now you'll pick one up. It's like they have to have one green eye and one brown eye. And like, what? I can't I can't help you, buddy. I can't yeah. help you at all. I mean, once I, once I read a profile and it was a new client coming on and it was like her, the woman he's looking for has to have like her, her dad has to have a German background and her mother needs to have like a European background. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> what? It's, so like that was kind of weird but you know once I actually talked to him on the phone it was like not so much like that it was just him trying to get the idea of what he was looking for across what dating app is the best which one is the worst I would say in my personal opinion I would say hinge is the best and the worst is probably match.com 
That's how I met my wife. What? Really? <laughs> yeah, it is. That's so funny. I just feel like I have the weirdest people approach me on Match.com and they're like, I just want to touch your hair. I just want to like, and they'll message me like five times that they want to touch my hair. And I'm like, where's these weird people coming from? See, but I, I guess this was in 2011. So maybe okay. they changed it, right? That could be it. Yeah, some of them are kind of like, whoa. <laughs> Plenty of Fish was the one that always, that seemed like the bottom row, right? Yeah, it's funny you say that, actually. I once, when I was doing more events, I actually threw the birthday party for the guy who owns Plenty of Fish. So it's crazy that that all just kind of happened in my life before I was ever into the, like, dating matchmaker world. <laughs> what? What is a guy who starts a dating app like? Like, he was pretty nerdy. Like, he had a Game of Thrones birthday party. So everyone was dressed up. There was, like, someone dressed up in a big dragon costume. And, like, it was interesting. Like, I was like, wow, this is such an elaborate party. But, you know, he was definitely, like, he had a very hot wife. Um, but he was more introverted. So, yeah, it was interesting. Who ruins more relationships, men or women? I think women. And I have to say that just because I think that women tend to, like, overanalyze everything or get upset and not communicate properly. And I think uh, communication is so important in a relationship. And if you can't just communicate your thoughts rather than make up stories in your head, like, eventually you're just going to drive yourself crazy. Do the good ones get taken early? Yes and no. I feel like good guys, like, a lot of women don't like them too good. But I think like the good, like, like if they're good, but not in a sense of like good, but like too nice, then, then they usually get taken really early. Yeah. I feel like those ones, that's what, what is the, like the compassionate protector, right? Isn't that what essentially every woman is ultimately looking for? Do I know what I'm talking about or am I just making things up? Yeah, I think um, there's three things that a woman is looking for when she's looking for a man. And I think that's communication. I think that's affection and security. What do you think is the hardest challenge that people have to overcome in relationships? I think it's just finding new rhythms. Like you're, you're making a life with someone that is so different from you, right? And it's like being able to really vibe with that person and... And just know that you're so, such different people and to, and be, and be able to like, not just accept that about that other person, but also encourage that because that's what makes them them. What do you think is, is the most interesting part of your job? I think the most interesting part is like really like, I feel like dating is so exciting to people, you know, but also one of those things, it's a love hate relationship. Like people love dating, but they also hate dating because it is just like you're trying, like finding rhythms with someone else. And that's always challenging. I really love my job because it is such a people job. I love people. I like, I love that the first interview, I got to ask you about your whole dating history before I even really know you. Have you ever had some people that are just huge disasters? Just like, oh my gosh. What am I even uh, going to do with you? I won't say no. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I, unless I just had a lot of money. Like I would ha definitely have to be really committed and like everything else has not worked before I would turn to a matchmaker. Is that kind of how it works out? Well, I think like, and again, I'm dealing with very successful people and uh, people that have gotten to a certain level in their career, whereas like. I don't think the average 
average person would go to a matchmaker. But I do see that there's so much value in someone, say, that owns a company, has 300 employees. They're not going to go just put their face on a dating app now because all their employees might see them on it and they have a reputation to maintain or, you know, they or they have some elite status in the city and they don't want to just, like, put themselves on a dating app, right? So I think in that sense, it makes so much sense. Whereas, like... Yeah, if I didn't, if I had a reputation to maintain, I probably wouldn't go just throw myself on Tinder and hope that I don't see anyone I know. Yeah, it'd be kind of weird if you were like a professional athlete on Tinder or a politician on Tinder, wouldn't it? Exactly. So then they come to me instead. Now, do you deal with all sexualities or do you just specialize in certain ones? Yeah, so we actually, I I haven't personally worked with um, anyone other than male-female relationships. That's not me saying I would never, but it's just not something that hasn't happened. What do you do with your clients in terms of social media? Like, do you tell them to scrub it? Do you tell them to clean it up? What do you tell them to do? I mean, I think social media is a huge, like, that's the first thing you do when you are about to meet someone is you look on social media and see who they are. So I definitely have a look and, and, and see like the first thing we do is Google people and see what comes up. So it's like really ha- like I need to know that like if someone if I'm going to match you with someone, they're not going to go on and be like, who is this guy? What is he doing? Um, or girl vice versa i always tell people not to look up people in on social media before going out with them i think it just takes so much away from dating because it's like you already know everything you need to know about this person you already have made up in your head whether you're you're you know like will vibe with this person so i always try to tell people like don't don't look them up if you can after a first date though when can someone make like the friend request the follow I would say wait a couple dates because, again, you get, like, such an idea of someone. And, again, it's an idea where anyone can perceive themselves as anything on social media. So do you really want to, like, go in and understand who this person is on a platform and then see them in real life and and be like, wow, this is two different people? Or get to know them on a human level and then add them. So I would say, like, give it a couple months and then add them. Do you have any favorite pickup lines? Um, I don't really like pickup lines, so no. (laughs) If you were to like look at people's broad characteristics in terms of they're nice, they're funny, they're kind, they're loyal, they're a jerk, which broad characteristic of people is the easiest to find a match with? Which one is like the hardest one to find a match for? I think the hardest would be like someone who's very introverted and stiff. Because, like, I've had clients where I'm just like, do you have any, like, non-professional photos of you doing, like, some sort of activity or something that makes you look like you're a little more fun and engaging? Because right now people are looking at you and saying, he's an introvert. Now he all he has is professional photos. He kind of seems stiff. Um, where's the easiest? I think, like, someone who's, like, a little goofy. Because then you can, you know, like, going into it, you can already be yourself. Um, that's pretty much all the questions that I have. What, is there anything else that you think we missed or what's coming up next for you? Yeah, just working away. I mean, COVID-19 has definitely changed the dating game. So just having to readjust, um, with all that and do a whole virtual dating thing. And, and so, yeah, just working through this pandemic that we're in and knowing that 
one day we'll be back to normal. I want to thank Michelle so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have a link to her on our social media accounts. We're Profoundly Pointless on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we have also included her information on the RSS feed that's on this podcast. Okay. Now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call. Hello? Okay, so think back to your previous relationships. Were you not the right person, or were they not the right person? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm probably going to go ahead on a, on a limb here, uh, which won't surprise you, and say I was probably the the not the the, the better person. Oh, you're going to say that you were the right person, and that they screwed up, huh? I would say for every relationship except for maybe one that I've that I've been in, I would say that I treated them uh, fantastically. I wouldn't really put a lot of blame though. I mean, you just grow apart. I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I haven't been in too many drama filled relationships in terms of like right versus wrong. People just don't like me. Yeah. <laughs> I get, I get, uh, no, it's not that I did something. I'm just not really a likable person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's, you know, well, wait a minute. I, I, did, did they break up with you or did you break up with them? Uh, I, I swear to you, this is the truth, but I, I have never been broken up with. Really? Never. Wow. See, I have, I, I have only been broken up with mostly out of laziness, really, just because like, why do something when I don't have to, right? Like I can just, <laughs> I can just wait this out and then, you know, act sad and then move on with my life. <laughs> Have you ever had just a, a, a week of drinking because of a, of a breakup? I went on a decent bender the first time I got broken up with. I think it start. I think it lasted from maybe like Tuesday through Sunday, but that was just because I don't know if it was the person or if it was just because I was broken up with. Okay. Oh I mean, I guess the only if you, if you don't know now, you're probably never gonna know. So. No, I haven't <laughs> really put that much. I just remember how much fun doing all that drinking was. <laughs> I mean, looking back on past relationships, it's really like I mean, they don't really matter. I mean, how many how many people do you know met their significant other before 25? A a decent amount, actually. <laughs> well, all right. Well, okay, look, I'm from originally from Kansas, and for people who are from Kansas may know this, like, you're basically, there's nothing else to do, so everybody is pretty much married by 25, because you just, you're like, all right, well, now what am I going to do? Well, I guess I'll get married, because I, either that or I can go fishing again. God, and you give, you give where I live in the Detroit area a lot of shit, but Kansas sounds terrible. Sorry to everyone from Kansas who listens, by the way. I kind of just shit all over you uh, for living in Kansas. Well, nobody but. from Kansas is going to be like, no, no, no. We've got. Uh, no, we got. <laughs> shit. You're not going to even have college football this year. Oh, here we go. We're not. I don't, nobody's going to have any kind of sports this year. That's all a pipe dream, right? All of that is a pipe dream. Everything's going to get canceled. The only thing that's possibly going to work is the NBA. I, well, I, mean, I don't think it's a safety thing. I think nobody wants to get sued. No owner wants to be that owner that has like the one player that catches coronavirus and dies. Look, I don't you care know, I, about your COVID hot takes, okay? It's a, I, it was no hot take. I was just, I'm kind of, 
you know, it, it, we record this a few days before it comes out, and by the time the episode airs, college football is going to be an afterthought this year, and I'm kind of disappointed and sad, but I understand. That's oh, all so I wanted to say. What are you going to do then? You're going to have to actually spend time with your family instead of staring at the team, watching Michigan lose for the 50th time in a row because they're not a good team anymore? Like, get over it. Your team sucks. Move on. Who is your team? Do you even have a football team besides the one that, like, Michigan plays against? Uh, I have whichever team the person that I'm watching the game with is against. That is my team. (laughs) Back on track here. Yes, thank you. That's the... Let's circle back. Do you think that there's really a person for everyone? No, no. And I, I, I don't think that. And I also think that if you do run into somebody that is, quote unquote, the one, even though I don't necessarily believe that, you're. it's probably not going to happen anyways. Yeah. Like, I feel like, and I'm not saying this about me, because my wife would cut my nets off uh, but um, and then make me eat them. But I feel like a lot of people just settle. Because you get to a point wherever you're at in your life, you know, whether you're getting old or, or you get somebody pregnant, like you just kind of settle. I don't think there is, some, you know, if there is somebody for everybody, you're probably not going to end up with them one way or the other. Okay, well, who settled more, you or your wife? Yeah, you know, that, so that, that's a weird thing. I mean, I don't I, I mean, I didn't settle. My wife's a pretty fantastic woman, um, which I have to say uh, on a podcast. Uh, but either way... Um, I don't know, because we met online. Like, it was completely circumstances, everything kind of just aligned. But I, I'm not, I don't know if she's, like, the one. You know what I mean? Because I don't know if the one exists. Wait a minute. Did you just say that your wife, you don't know if she's the one? No, God, like... <laughs> you are fucking this up. <laughs> no, I... Let, let me let me try to speak coherently. I She's obviously the love of my life, and, and she's, you know, my forever woman but in terms of like you know every person like she's not she doesn't have everything that i want right but that's that's what i mean in terms of like and, no listen but i don't have everything she wants well yeah like, that's pretty clear right now. i got a baby dick but you know i can't i can't do stuff around the house like she wants that, that's what i mean like i don't know if like that perfect perfect person or like that one exists but you come together, right, and you find somebody that has enough in common, and, you know, and, and you like them and you love them, blah, 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 and then you get together. But I don't know if, like, the perfect person for me exists because she'd be, like, 600 pounds because all we do is drink beer and eat chicken wings all day and watch sports. Okay. I mean, I, you kind of save that a little bit. I would recommend your wife not listen to this one. I mean, you're just going to get yeah, some kinda, looks, right? Like you fucked on this one. Yeah, you kind of messed up, and I'm not going to help you out by editing it in any way. But I, I get it, right? Like, in the sense that, all right, there's 7 billion people on the planet. There's probably, by sheer math alone, 100,000 or so people that you could potentially get along with for the rest of your life if you had the opportunity to meet them. It's a matter of meeting one of those people at the right time. You pretty much just summed it up in a sentence, what I flubbered about for for five minutes. So thank you. Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on then. (laughs) I mean, what what about you? Yeah, you kind of just explained it, but is that your feelings? How do you feel about the the quote-unquote one? I feel like I'm smart enough not to answer that question with my (laughs) wife in the next room. (laughs) Well, that 
that's the difference. I'm in the basement and my wife uh, isn't home yet. So there, there's that anyways. Well, but. she's right next to me, right? Like if she wasn't directly looking at me now, <laughs> I would probably have a much different opinion. <laughs> it's fine. Maybe maybe you can tweet about it or, or let our listeners know one way or the other. But that's equally as terrible. Um, right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, we covered it, dude. Let's move on. All right, quit uh, all digging right, your fine. grave. Let's, let's, just, <laughs> let's just move on. I mean, it's going to find my way back to my wife one way or the other. Somebody, one of my friends who listens is going to send her, you know, hey, John's, you know, breaking up with you or divorcing you. And she'll probably cheer in excitement. So. And speaking of that, we've discovered this new app called Headliner in which you can actually go into the podcast, select specific clips, and then send them to people. That's Headliner. The app is called Headliner. <laughs> This is not an advertisement for them. They're not affiliated with us. I just thought this would be a good time to bring out that you can send people specific clips of the podcast using headliner. <laughs> yeah. uh, Analog John Silvers and USS or USAA Life Insurance. USAA Life Insurance, man. It's the best life insurance in the game right there. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, so quick health update because I know you're concerned. Oh, I, forgot um, all, I forgot completely. For people who aren't aware of it, John is in terrible health. It doesn't take care of himself. Uh, so actually, the blood work came back. I have damn near perfect cholesterol and blood sugar. Really? Yeah, I I had my follow up appointment on Friday or, or not, and then he called me with the results this morning. Uh, he doesn't believe it, and I don't believe it. So I'm actually going back in to get it drawn again. Um, oh, so it because- could have been a bad test. So it's not, it's basically meaningless. <laughs> the doctor doesn't <laughs> I- believe the test. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be. It, it can't be. I mean, no, I, I don't know. Like we were talking about, I don't have, like, the worst diet, but, like, my, my blood sugar should not be, like, I'm 150 pounds and I run a marathon, you know, every other month. Not to not to pick on you, but anybody who's seen a picture of you would be like, nah, that's a fake test. <laughs> like, no, that's not true. <laughs> I don't know, man. I might just come out just to be stressed, man. Stressing a small weenie. That, that'll do you in most days. Well, yeah. I've been dealing with that for a long time. <laughs> and you're five foot four, so I mean it's five, you know. eight, and three quarters. Shout out to USA Life Insurance, Stacy over there, best life insurance in the game. Are, are we? Can we move on? Is it shout out? Everybody's time? waiting on you. Like usual, my friend. All right, uh, all right. So, so let's start with. Uh, uh, oh shit, my. Oh my god. Hold on, my computer just uh, just died. All right, chargers back in, power buttons on. Entering the password as I speak. What's your password? What's your password? Uh, don't you wish you could? I can tell you it's more than 15 characters. Is it uh, really? What are you, an idiot? No, I, just, I won't forget it. How do you have a password that's more than 15 characters that you can't possibly forget? Is it something stupid like Big Papa Sean 07? No. Anyways. Uh, do you have right, extra so characters in there? Do you have, do you have like exclamation points and question marks and stuff like that? Or is it just one word? Yeah, you have to have one one capital letter. Okay. A number and a and a special character. Okay, is the capital letter the very first letter? Yes. Okay, is the special character at the end? Yes. And then followed immediately by the number? Numbers before it. <laughs> okay, that's exactly <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Capitalize all the way to the end, numbers, then exclamation point, and you just change the numbers when you get to it, don't you? <laughs> oh, it's like it's like you know, it's like you know. Yeah, yep. Yeah, because I you're lazy. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly Anyways, what a lazy right, guy would let's do. Give some shout outs 
and hopefully you edit that last part out. Um, no, I'm not. All right, let's start with uh, Jason Blundell. Yeah, Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, <laughs> Brian, uh, Big Mike, Brent, Mark, uh, Zach Rothenberg, David, Allen, uh, uh, Dustin Fry, Paul Davis. Appreciate everyone checking us out this week. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know where we're at. Uh, check us out, Profoundly Pointless. And, uh, yeah, let's move on. All right. So, I've been going through my old video games, Nick, so this is going to be a video game-centric. I want you to tell me what you think here, okay? Okay, just a quick uh, complaint here. You always say, you know where we're at, but then you tell people where we're at. Like, you can't do both of those. If they know where we're at, then you don't have to tell them. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is kind of a double a double thing. Yeah, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's redundant, all right? So just pick one. Of- Either shout us out where we're at or say you know where we're at. But you can't say both of those. Like, you know what time it is, and then say it's 1246. Like, that doesn't... Sure. All right? Very true. Okay. Thank you for your lecture, sir. No problem. Anytime. It's actually 1245. Yeah. I mean, I respect you. I hate you, but I respect you. Is that a thing? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I I, I really do. Uh, (laughs) I'm not as dumb as I appear, by the way, to everybody uh, over a podcast. It's not that easy, even when you're talking, uh, you know, just casually. Um, doing a podcast. It's not as easy as it sounds, by the way, if you think I'm, I'm, I'm dumb, by the way. So, okay. you know, just, just throwing that out there. All right. Um, uh, all right. Um, Kirby or Mario, which games are, which game are you going to pick? Well, first of all, I'm not a three-year-old, so I'm not going to play Kirby, but that has no difficulty whatsoever. You go Mario. That's a hundred to zero choice right there. Everybody's going to go with Mario on that. Nobody's going to be like, I don't really like Kirby. You do? <laughs> Do you like licking I, windows? Uh, I'm, you're, you're just being really, uh, really harsh right now. I don't, I don't know how to how to take that. Do you um, like Kirby? I do like Kirby. I don't know if I take it over Mario, but it, you know, I, I think they're comparable. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I, I was, I didn't want to, I didn't want you to think I was trolling you, but I was actually, I had Zelda put down, Zelda or Kirby, because I think they're on the same level. That's probably the. That's listen. You said a lot of foolish things on this podcast. That's the foolishest thing you've ever said in your life. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure I'm. I'm no sure one I'll would put Zelda over. No one would put Kirby over Zelda. No one. I mean, Zelda isn't like the end all be all that you think it is. It's probably if you looked at some of the best games of all time, you had the ten best games of all time. Zelda's got two. Maybe three games in that are in there. Of all time, that's a, yeah, it's a hefty statement, man. Ocarina of Time is widely considered to be the best game of all time. I've obviously never played uh, Madden before, then I suppose. No, I never really got into it. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> all right. Um. Uh. What else do I have here? Um. Star Wars, like a like the N sixty four Star Wars game which I'm sure you never played, so you're not going to have a real opinion on it, but just pretend you did, or Grand Theft Auto? Never played either of them. Jesus! Okay, well, that's a bust. I I never understood the point of Grand Theft Auto, right? Like, I get it, but after, like, 20 minutes, okay. There must be something to it, though, that I don't know about. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Grand Theft Auto there. Star Wars (laughs) always makes crappy video games. Always. And they make crappy movies, but you know we, we'll save that for another day. Okay, I suppose. Right? Do you, Do you think they're good movies? The mo- the majority of them. 
Um, no, not really. I mean, the story is good, right? But they always mess it up in terms of between making it a good movie and doing fan service. Like, it's just one of those, there's this old joke about, like, the Star Wars fans diagram, and no Star Wars fan ever likes any of the movies. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not even that big of a fan, and one of my favorite movies is literally the most hated movie of the entire series by people who claim to know what they're talking about, so. Are you going to go f- Clone Wars? Phantom Menace. <laughs> I mean, a Phantom, I think we might have mentioned it a long, long time ago on the show, but I I like that movie a lot. Like, I probably put it in my top five Star Wars movies. Well, there's only nine of them. I'll put it in my top four, then. Top 50%. That's where most people, I think, would put it at number nine. Yeah, that's true. People would put it pretty far down there. Attack of the Clones is usually the one that's considered to be even worse. But anyway, let's move on. (laughs) All right. uh, Whack-a-mole. Or uh, Daytona USA, like if you're at the arcade. Oh, I've never look. Whack a mole was always like you're setting yourself up for too much public ridicule with whack a mole. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it's so much fun, and you always get that that person who just is whacking the shit out of the machine, and you're just like, wow, they've had a bad day. You know what I always thought was the stupidest video game was the one that every twenty to twenty five year old guy who thinks he's going to be an MMA fighter goes to the corner of the bar and tries to do the kick thing or the punch thing. Oh, man. Can, can I tell you a funny story? You got 30 seconds. Um, I was at a bar one time when a guy thought he was being a, a hard ass, and he hit the bag, and it came back and hit him in the face and knocked him on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was glorious, man. I was at a bar where a guy, like, shattered his hand. Because he missed a little bit and hit the harder part above the bag and, like, right in between the knuckles, and it just destroyed his hand. Oh, that, uh, oh, man. This won't surprise you, but I've never done it before. I don't think I've ever done it either. I, you know, just like at a carnival or whatever or, or at an amusement park where they have the sledgehammer, you know, and you hit the thing and it goes up and it tells you how strong you are, how much pressure you applied or whatever. Never done that either. I just have, have no desire to embarrass myself. No, because look, if you're good at it, everybody can look at you and tell like, oh, that guy looks pretty strong. He's probably going to do well. And you didn't need to do that in the first place, right? That's my For whole sure. thing, right? It's always like the guy that like, no, man, you don't realize I play baseball my junior <laughs> year of high school. I'm going to kill. Okay, great, buddy. <laughs> You don't get it, man. I was second up on second base. I was almost a starter. Those legit are the worst kind of of men after you, you know, get out on your own, for sure. I agree. Are you ready for our top five? Are you done? I am done. I just, uh, yeah, go ahead and introduce the top five, but then I have to ask you a question before we get going. Okay. Uh, So our top five is top five soups. Okay. Don't ruin uh, my top five by asking me what you're going to ask. I know what you're going to ask right now. It starts with this. It's a question about something that starts with a C. Don't ask me. Okay. Well, it's kind of a dual question. What about an S then? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what the S could be. A, a, a stew. A stew is different than a soup, correct? I don't know. Right. Like, okay, maybe it is, but for my intents and purposes, it's the same thing, right? Unless you're gonna. 
I don't know what the difference is. Just put it all together, and people can call us out on it. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I'll start off here. My number five is tortilla soup. That's overrated. That's an honorable <laughs> mention at best to me. That's one of those soups that, like, oh, that sounds good, but then you actually eat it, and you're like, oh. That's not nearly know, as good it's... as an actual tortilla. You put a little bit of uh, sour cream on top. With Oh, it's so good. It's delicious. Try it if you've never had it. Tortilla soup. My number five is ramen noodles. Okay. I mean, I probably should have had them on there. I've actually, I've only had them maybe two or three times. I don't, I don't like them very much. So it's just a staple of the, of my younger diet, right? Like I probably had more ramen noodles than I've had any other kind of soup, but what's your number four? Uh, any kind of bisque. So like cheddar, lobster, any, any, any kind of bisque. I wouldn't have had a problem for your number four if you would have had a specific example of a kind of bisque but if you're just going bisques overall i think that has to be higher there's some really good bisques that are out there other oh, i mean if i had to pick one it'd probably be um lobster nice it's, okay uh, so it's just delicious yeah mine is uh i've seen this named a couple of different things but basically it's a combination of cheddar and broccoli Okay, so just cheddar and broccoli soup? Cheddar and broccoli, yeah. That's, I mean, I, I got nothing against that. That's, uh, anything cheddar and soup is delicious, yeah, you at really, least to me. You really can't go wrong with cheese in anything. Like, is there ever an example <laughs> where putting cheese in something made it worse? No, I mean, not off the top of my head, and I, I'm sure I wouldn't be able to find a, a good uh, example anyways. Maybe fish? Like a fish sandwich with cheese? Maybe you don't want cheese on a fish sandwich? <laughs> but I mean, who the hell who else doing that unless you're going to McDonald's? Yeah, I do that, actually. Oh, all right. Well, I'm sorry for offending you and your entire family. Uh, right. I'm just offending everybody uh, today, I feel. Pretty much. Um, What's your number three? <laughs> uh, my number three is tomato. Oh, what? That's garbage. I would honestly, if I had a choice, like tomato soup is the one soup I would dump out. I would dump it out. and like, nope. No desire to have tomato soup whatsoever. In no way does that taste good to me. Uh, you know, I mean, I doctored up, so I mean, basic tomato soup's just okay. But then when you put some croutons in it, maybe some sour cream, uh, maybe some cream to lighten it up a little bit, it's uh, it can it can taste delicious. I just completely disagree, but I think a lot of people would probably. My number three is uh, clam chowder, specifically New England clam chowder. I do like clam chowder. It's on my honorable mention. I didn't want to put two, you know, uh, seafood-based soups uh, on my top five, so that's why I left that one out. How do you feel about the bearded clam? That's that we need to do a top five on top five funny way to refer refers top five funny ways to refer to sexual things. Because bearded <laughs> clam is way up there in my book. <laughs> yeah, I at first I was like, wait, oh, I get it now. Beard the bearded clam. Don't want to <laughs> run into one of those. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Look, I don't think you're gonna have any problems. <laughs> oh God, that's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um... <laughs> wait, what number are we on right now? Oh, I'm on my number two. I'm I'm, tr I'm trying to hold it together here because that was. That was quite funny, actually. <laughs> we should definitely do top five funny ways to refer to sex. 
I, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have to get, get it in there. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta move on. Um, all right. Uh, my number two, I have chicken soup, chicken, like chicken noodle soup as my number two. I kind of understand it, right? It's really hard not to have that on there, but I don't have it. I just, I think it's completely overrated. I do, I do agree with you in terms of it being overrated, but I think based upon its popularity and you can make it really good and, you know, it, it deserves a spot on the top five for sure. Lobster, in my opinion. Uh, lobster bisque is mine. Okay. I mean, listen, I, you know, I agree. I mean, you put some, you get some biscuits and put some biscuits in with it. Oh, that'll harden your arteries right up. You know what? I don't understand. Why don't we just drink soup? Why do we even bother using a spoon? Do you need a spoon at all? Why can't we just drink it? <laughs> I mean, <coughs> you may you make a good point that I'm not entirely sure. Uh, <coughs> not enti- I, mean, I don't fucking know why. I Maybe I'll just start drinking it out of the can from now on. There's really no reason why we couldn't just drink the soup, right? Like, if you saw somebody with a milkshake using a spoon in the milkshake, you would wonder what they were doing. But if you saw somebody just drinking soup, you would also wonder what they were doing. Really, they're the same kind of basic thing. Don't they sell the drink, like the drinkable soup? So they sell those, I think. Like, we're not, you know, you're not a pioneer of the soup industry. Maybe that's what, maybe that could be the, our key, right? <laughs> maybe we should reach out to Campbell's and whoever the hell else does soups and My see so- if uh, they want to sponsor us. My son is here with an, an interesting question. What's up, buddy? I don't know. <laughs> Where do you think she might be? Where did you look? So, sounds like Nick actually ran off his wife. I don't. I don't blame her. I think too. I should. You know, if I was a better parent, I would check up on this. He's probably. He's well, probably. He's probably fine, right? He's probably uh, fine. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. We're almost done here. Uh, all right, my number one, which. Uh, nobody will agree with, but I have to put it on here because I absolutely love this soup. It's hot and sour for soup. What? Hot, hot and sour? I, I assume you've never had hot and sour soup before, right? I've had hot and sour sauce. Sweet and sour. I've had sweet and sour. I don't know what hot and sour soup is, really. So, I, I mean, it, up. N- not boring anybody. I mean, it's, a, it's obviously an Asian kind of, an Asian, uh, recipe. But what I love about it is there's like celery in it and uh, water chestnuts and it's all it's all spicy and it, oh, it's ah, so good, Nick. So okay, good. I maybe uh, I don't generally like that kind of a soup. Like it's got to be a little bit thicker for me to really like a good soup. Hmm. It always <laughs> contains ingredients to make it both spicy and sour. Hence the name hot and sour soup. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's 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 delicious. I mean, it, it's a meal. So like, if you're gonna get it, like that's all you need. But it's 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 so good, especially in the winter. Which I know you know you never used to really have winters or where you lived. But man, should have put some hair on your ass. Okay, well, I don't really want hair on my ass necessarily. But my number one is chili. Okay, I mean that would have been on my top five had we you know. But had I thought it was a soup, which I, I still don't know if I do or I don't, um, but according to Google, uh, is the International Union of Chili says that chili is a in a category all by itself. It is not a soup or a stew. I don't believe that. They, the, who, the International Group of Chili just doesn't get to make this arbitrary decision on their own, right? Because they've got too much invested in their own decision. 
Now, if the International Council of Soups and Stews made the decision that chili is not either a soup or a stew, then okay. That carries a little bit more weight to me. But it's kind of like the criminal telling you that they didn't do it. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Let's see here. The uh, I'm sorry. It's the International Chili Society. Well, yeah. Um, I don't care what they think. They're not the I mean, experts. I I don't know. I mean, who is the expert? Is there like, I mean, would it be a, a restaurateur? Is it a, a head chef? Are they the ones who make the decision? Who who determines what's a soup and what isn't a soup? Well, I think the soup council and the stew council would have to get together <laughs> and make the decision if chili fits into one of those categories or fits into neither of those categories. But the International Chili Convention, they're going to be a biased opinion. All right, of course they're going to say, like, oh, no, we're our completely own thing. You don't get to do that, right? Like, you as an individual can't just decide that you're your own country. Other people have to decide that you're your own country. You you make a valid point. Listen, I'm not going to piss off the International Chili Society today. Um, but you can you can go at it and, and challenge them. Maybe we should tweet them and see if they can provide some insight for us. They probably have better things to do. What do you think the chairman of the International Chili Society looks like? <laughs> uh, you know, it, probably just an average person. Chairman International. I mean, it's like all these people who win the hot dog eating contests. Like, one of them was a little Asian woman for many years. Man. Let's see what he looks like. Yep. That's exactly what I thought the chairman of the International Chili Situation. He looks ex- All right, so picture what you think the chairman of the International Chili Association looks like. And that is exactly what he looks like. <laughs> little bit big, little bit bald, goatee, holding chili. That's what he looks like. Uh, and sorry to whoever you are, we're not uh, necessarily picking on you. But, uh, um, you know, if you fit the profile, you fit the profile. You fit the profile. Oh, what's in your honorable mention? Uh, yeah, so, um, like I said, I have clam chowder. Um I have like cream of potato in there or, or, or anything cream of, of, of anything is pretty good. I didn't know about gumbo, but I had gumbo on the list. Ooh, see, I don't really consider gumbo to be a soup, but I would put gumbo way up there if we were going to say it was a soup. Yeah, good choice. I mean, good choice. Corn chowder. I have egg drop soup and then I have, uh, um, uh, minestrone as well. And that, that's kind of all I had on my honorable mention. Okay. Well, those are terrible choices in minestrone and tomato soup. Um, I have borscht, just because I like to say it. Oh, my God. Curry. Can you even tell me what's in borscht? Not a clue. Radishes, <laughs> maybe. I think radishes are in there. Um, peanut soup. Peanut soup. Ooh, that's a jam. And curry. Curry is apparently considered a soup. Ooh, I didn't know that. I fucking love curry. You think it's weird that my son asked, where is my mom, instead of where is mom? <laughs> I, I think you better go uh, go track him down and make sure that she didn't run away for good this time from you, or or leave you for good, I should say, this time. Well, the good news is, according to my theory, there's at least 100,000 other people that are just like her that I could hook up with. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Love to hear what you guys think is the best soup. But don't come at me with something stupid like minestrone, okay? That's ridiculous. Tomato? Garbage. Garbage. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.